I wanted to talk about this for quite some time. It's something I've been sort of thinking about and going over in my mind for, for almost months now. And uh, as I've prepared to do the Jesus People um, series, probably back in January, I had written this one down at some point for the month of May. And uh, of course, then I would not have known what was going to happen in the months to come. Uh, but I had planned to speak this in May, and I still plan to speak it now. And I think it's important. And the more I've just been living and talking to other people and listening to certain you know, music and listening to people talk and what's going on in the world, I feel this is more relevant than ever. So today in the Jesus People series, I want to talk about the name. And of course, uh, those of you who've been around church long enough know immediately I'm talking about the name of Jesus. I want to talk about just that, the name of Jesus. Um, we're going to focus just on that. We're going to talk about where, you know, how it fits into scripture and how it fits into uh, what we're experiencing today. And then maybe we're going to finish in a bit of a different way today. Um, if you've been in church like I have for many years, you've no doubt heard sermons or songs or teachings or books all about the name of Jesus. And there's a reason for that, right? It's really, really, really important. I mean, really important. And it's important for us to understand what we mean when we say that, what effect that can have, how that helps us in our lives, how that helps other people. And I really do believe that a proper understanding of the name of Jesus can literally revolutionize your life. Even if you're a believer already, even if you're a Christian already, understanding the name of Jesus and understanding what that means and what it can do can revolutionize your life. And so let's just, we're going to go through a bunch of scriptures. First, we're going to start in the book of Acts. Okay, and so um, we uh, know from the book of Acts that this is right about when the church started. So Jesus had now, he had uh, risen from the dead. He had spoken to his disciples and actually we're about to celebrate that on the church calendar at the end of the month. Um, Pentecost is uh, May 31st, I think this year, May 30th. Uh, but the day of Pentecost had come, the Holy Spirit had fallen, and Jesus had told the disciples that the Holy Spirit, he will come and he will help you, give you power, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem first and then all over the world. And the Holy Spirit will teach you the things to say and will teach you about me. That's what Jesus said. And so this happened in Acts chapter 2. And we read in Acts chapter 2, 38, Peter now gets up to address this crowd that's come to gather. Why did the crowd come and gather? Well, all of a sudden, these people who not long before, seven weeks before, had been scared disciples of Jesus who apparently had died, were now uh, boldly proclaiming uh, that he was alive and that he was the Messiah, and they were proclaiming this in all sorts of languages, even some languages that they did not know themselves by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the crowd is wondering what's going on. And so Peter at the time, who was, you know, the known leader of the group now, he stands up and says, a sermon to the crowd, and in verse 38 he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so um, right there is a declaration that to be baptized into the name of Jesus. So right away we know right at the beginning of the church, the name of Jesus Christ being baptized in that name. So under that covering, if you will, or under that banner really is matters and it's important. Okay, so I want to take a minute now just to talk about names. Uh, we've all got names. Um, many of you... Uh, Probably have laughed like I have sometimes when celebrities have babies and they give them crazy names, right? Um, or amazing names. Or I'm sure since March 14th, I'm willing to bet somebody somewhere in North America has named their baby Corona, right? You just know it, right? I mean, it's not a bad thing. It means crown. It's not the worst thing in the world. But that's important in one sense. 
names, though, especially in ancient times, had a lot more meaning. And I think we're actually getting back to that point. But back in the ancient times, of course, if you read the Bible, you even see a lot of times people's names change, right? The New Testament, Saul becomes Paul, right? Uh, Jacob becomes, right? Israel, right? And other people's names change in, in the Bible. And so names matter um, very much so. There's great sermons out there about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who we'll mention later, and how their names were actually changed, and so on. Um, names matter. And so also, too, people tend to think or maybe say, oh, I take on the characteristics of my name. I wish that was true in my case because Richard means a brave and powerful ruler. That would be fantastic. Uh, but, you know, we'll leave that aside from now. But even then, when you're naming your children, maybe you think, oh, what does that name mean? And, and uh, you look at baby name books and stuff. So we're all into names. I think we understand that. But it's something much more important than that. I want to say that the name of Jesus is important, has meaning, not just because of the letters combined together. So the letters, of course, in English, we're only talking in English, J-E-S-U-S, -E right? Jesus's name in uh, in his language was not Jesus, Yeshua, right? Uh, spelt differently. But let's just take English for the moment because we're all English uh, today, this morning, talking to each other in English. Um, the name itself, the letters, the characters of the letters don't have special power or meaning. I mean, anybody, if you're a baseball fan like I am, you grew up watching guys play baseball whose first name is Jesus or Jesus, right? Because a lot of Hispanic guys have the name uh, Jesus or Jesus. Uh, they don't have special power or meaning because, you know, uh, now they've got the same name as the Christian Savior. That's not at all uh, the case. What I'm talking about is there's something supernatural about the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what we're talking about. So just to put that into context, you know, I think uh, many Christians have talked about this for years, but I think there's some truth to the fact that there's something special about the name because it's become even uh, in a negative sense, it's used often as a curse word or a swearing, right? People who don't believe, people who uh, maybe have grown up in church, they will use even his name as a curse, um, you know, which seems odd, but I think it speaks to the fact that there is a spiritual reality to that name. And so when people maybe are living outside of following him, they're even using it in that negative connotation because there's something attached to it that's powerful. And of course, on the positive side, those of us who are believers, when we speak that name, you know, we're speaking it out usually in a time of hope, in a time of praise, in a time of worship, and in a time of need, we're speaking out that name. So I think uh, if you've been in church uh, for a little while, you'll know that. If you're new to church or new to the things of God, you'll see it as you grow what that power really means. So I want to look at how this got applied in different ways. So Peter starts by saying you're going to be baptized into the church in the name of Jesus. So it starts that this is all about Jesus, right? And then Acts keeps on going, and there's some other interesting scriptures. We'll look at Acts 16, 18. It says, um, it tells us about a lady as she was harassing the disciples and she was uh, basically had a bunch of demons. Okay. And uh, she was harassing the disciples and, and bugging them. So finally it says, Paul became annoyed. This is kind of funny. And he turned around and he said to the spirit, important, said to the spirit, not to the woman. He said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And the spirit came out of her. Okay. So again, here we see right now, Paul, when confronted with the spiritual dimension, the spiritual problem, one doesn't rely on his own authority. He doesn't say, hey, I'm Paul, I'm the apostle, I've been going around the whole world preaching, don't mess with me, get out. 
he knows that he is subject to the authority and power that is in the name of Jesus Christ, and that's where the real power resides. So he says to the Spirit, get out in the name of Jesus. So now the Spirit has to respond to that power and that authority, not to Paul's, not to the person he's with, or anything like that. He's got to understand that I am in, I am in submission in all things to Jesus, which we'll see later, and so the Spirit leaves. Okay, so much so, this is so true that it gets copied. You can read in Acts 19, it says there were some Jews that were trying to do exorcism, trying to cast out evil spirits, and they were invoking Jesus' name. People who hadn't really become Christian, but they were saying, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches about, I command you to come out. See, they were seeing that there's something working here. There's something at work here. We see the results. We see the power. So let's try that. So they were like double, trying to double barrel it. So in the name of Jesus, who Paul speaks. It's funny in a little bit of a way, but it also speaks to the point we're, we're making today. That there's power. There's something special. There's something different about the name of Jesus. And so living out in the name of Jesus becomes a central focus of the early of the early church and the teaching of the apostles and the saints at that time. And so so much so that Paul says this in Colossians 3:17 he says whatever you do whether in word or deed so whether you're doing it or saying it do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him. So even giving thanks to God the Father you're doing it through Jesus. So whatever you do well why is that important for us today? Well, because whatever we do is everything. Whatever is part of everything. And so whatever covers everything, so we got to do it in the name of Jesus. How do we do that? Why does it matter? Let's look back at Acts earlier in Acts, in Acts chapter 4. And in this story in Acts chapter 4, um, we read that Peter and John had gone to the temple and they had seen a man who was lame since birth. And the man asked them for money. They said they didn't have money, but they prayed for him in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the man got up and walked. He'd been lame since birth in his legs. And so the religious authorities at the time were not happy with this because they were leading people to Jesus. And so they called them in and they said to them this in verse seven. And they said, by what power or what name do you do this? Okay. And then we'll go on and Paul, Peter begins to answer them, filled with the Holy Spirit. And remember at the beginning, we talked about the Holy Spirit will come and give us power and make us, give us the words to say and will speak to us of Jesus. So Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, replies and goes on. And I'm just going to jump to verse 12 for the sake of time. And he says, to this crowd of religious leaders, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, this was shocking then, and I think it's equally shocking now to the sensibilities of the world. It is an inclusionary, definitive statement. So let me explain what I mean by that. Peter is saying, hey, there's only one way to heaven, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ. So that spoke very strongly to the crowd he was speaking at the time. They were religious Jews um, who did not accept that Jesus was the Messiah for the most part. Most of them didn't. And today, of course, there's the overall thing of either an atheistic point of view, which there is no religion, there is no God, there is no spirituality, it's all stupid. Or there's many paths to God and don't worry about it. And this statement right here, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name given under heaven by which mankind must be saved, is a shock to that system. And so the Christian says, actually, there's no other name but the name of Jesus. So we 
those of you who've been in church for a long time know that that old song, right? No other name but the name of Jesus. So the, right now we have to understand how that differentiates us. Okay, the name of Jesus differentiates us. So much so, check this out. After in the story, the religious authorities gather them and say, listen, I guess, you know, some people are arguing back and they just say this. Verse 18, they called them back. They said, okay, you can go, but do not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. See, they were fine if they went about preaching some sort of religion. They were fine even if they went out trying to cast out devils or heal people, whether things were happening or not. They were just like, just don't mention Jesus. Okay? And that was powerful then, and it's still true now. I won't get too much into the details, but many of us know, okay, uh, have experienced times where we've either experienced ourselves or heard from other people about how chaplains have been asked to pray at ceremonies and said, look, you can pray and pray to God, but don't say Jesus. Okay. Or even in the world, there's jokes, you know, about, um, you know, having a conversation. Then one person says, well, can I tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Right. People understand the world understands that Jesus is a differentiator. There's okay to talk about God in a general sense and to talk about love and everything in a general sense and talk about salvation in a general sense. But as soon as we start talking about Jesus, people start, people's backs start getting up. Why? Because there's a real truth and a real power to his name. And those of us who have chosen to follow him feel that and sense that, sense that too. But it's important that we understand that when something has power and when something has meaning like the name of Jesus does, that we apply it properly, in the proper way, and in the proper timing, and we're going to look at that, okay? So what this comes down to, how does Jesus' name have all this power? It comes down to who he was, what he did, all right? So we're going to look at a longer scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, all right? <clears throat> and uh, Paul is talking here to the church at Ephesus, and he says this, I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened, Okay, so your understanding might be enlightened. So you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now here's where we go. This is what he, he's saying. And his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. So that's you and me. If you believe this morning, that incomparably great power. That power is the same strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So just to be clear here, what he's saying is God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, and now Jesus now sits at the right hand of God the Father. Now listen, here it comes, verse 21. Far above all rule and authority, all power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You see, so when we say in the name of Jesus Christ, that's what we're talking about. That's the power and authority and dominion and rule that's been placed in, by God the Father into Jesus. And so when we say in the name of Jesus, this or that, we're saying in the name of Jesus, who's above all rule, all authority, every government, every power, every empire, every idea, every philosophy, anything you could ever think of, 
everything, everything in the church, every preaching, every worship, every whatever idea we've ever had, Jesus is above all that. He is more than all that. And he is in charge. He is rule. He is authority. And that's what you're saying. So when you say in the name of Jesus, it's packed full of all that truth and all that power. And so the idea is Jesus is above all. And I want you to think for a second, I've shared this before, but I want you to think of something as like all rule of authority, all power, all thought, everything I talked about as a box, okay? And everything's in there. And it's not just that Jesus is at the top of the box. He's outside of the box, on top of the box there. There is no box in which Jesus is in. All of that is in submission to who he is and what he did. Because of his victory on the cross, because of his resurrection, all of that bows in submission to him. No matter how terribly powerful an empire seems, no matter how terribly scary a virus seems, all of what's happened, all of human history bows and waits in anticipation for his return. So this is important because it has a, a threefold meaning I want to talk about today. One, it's personal for you and for me. What do I believe about the name of Jesus? How do I live that out or accept that or reject it in my own life? Two, it's universal. It's for everybody. It's not just for me or it's nice for me and my family. It applies to every human on planet Earth. And three, it's eternal. It's not just for that time. It's not just for this time. It's for all time. Okay, so let's read now again another scripture to kind of bring this home. Philippians chapter 2, we're talking about Jesus when he came. Verse 6 says, Who being in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality of God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, Jesus made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by beating obedient to death, even death on the cross. And then verse nine, the key word, therefore, right? So because he did this, therefore, God the Father exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, so we're reminded because of his victory on the Christ cross, because of what Jesus did. Now he is exalted to the highest place and the day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we have the personal privilege now to do that now, not waiting, not whatever. We can bow the knee today and worship him and live for him today and tell other people about him because it applies just as much today as it did uh, uh, if you know, 2,000 years ago, and as it will in 2,000 years, should the earth uh, go on for that long, to Jesus not come back before then. So this is the real power and the ultimate reality in the name of Jesus. It's his birthright given to him by God the Father. It is his, because of his finished work on the cross. And so you might be saying this morning, what? how? Okay, I hear you. You've, you've thrown a bunch of scriptures at me and, and whatever. I get it. But how is this true? How does this work? Well, I'm encouraging you to speak to believers, ask them about the power of the name of Jesus in their lives. I'm sure many of you who are believers could tell me stories, and we would love to hear them, about how just the name of Jesus, just the power of that name has made a difference in your life. I would like to share a few stories with you that I've come across over the years about that sort of thing. Try not to take too much time, but I think you'll find them interesting. Once upon a time, there was a young person, a teenager, in their bedroom, 
And this young teenager was going through the things that most teenagers go through, struggling with different things and growing up and finding their own way in the world. A bit fearful, a bit unsure of things. And as they were lying there in their bed in their own thoughts, they felt or saw what they could only understand as a black, nebulous sort of cloud enter their room. A black presence, if you were, a black shape, if you were. And, and, and it began to, to suffocate them and to give them a sense of increasing fear. And, and all they could recognize this as was evil. And as this young person who had been to church and grown up in church was searching for the answer, they only could think of one thing. So they just shouted out, uh, Jesus, out loud. And as quickly as that, that encompassing feeling had come, and it was gone. And that was the first time that that person realized, ah, oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. There was another time where a young person was far away on a mission trip in another country trying to spread the gospel as best they could as a confused teenager. And at night, while in a dream state, unsure really of what was going on, uh, this person felt the presence of two, what they thought was two angels with them. And at first, while feeling comfort, once uh, becoming aware of the situation, he realized that these were um, evil presences. And they began to wrap him in chains and tell, you're not going to accomplish anything. You're not going to do anything. And so at the same time, this person, while feeling all bound, could only think of one thing. Could only get one word out. And so in the struggle, shouted out, Jesus. And as he did, heard the sounds of chains breaking. And these evil presence leave. And the people that he was with entered the room, knowing what had happened. And began to pray with him and, and help him. And you've probably realized it already, both of those stories are about me. Both experienced when I was 14 and 15 years old. And I don't tell you these stories to say, well, I'm special. What I'm telling you is because I want to encourage you, it can happen for you too. I wasn't going to tell these stories, but I was talking, as I told you, I've been talking to my brother. And I asked him, have you said, you've been around the world. It's a long story, but my brother's been to a lot of places. Seen a lot of things, fought in wars and so on. And so I said, have you seen anything? Have you, have, you, have you experienced anything? And while none of them were related to that, he did experience a couple of things. And what struck me the most was they were almost identical to the blackness-shaped thing I had told you about. And I felt empowered then to say, if it's happening to me, it's happened to my brother, and I've had other people tell me similar things. We need to share these to understand. If you're feeling surrounded by your life circumstances, by death, by despair, by sadness, by whatever's going on, you just need to shout out the name of Jesus. You know, I want to share one story that's quite meaningful for us as a family. When our son was born at first, there was a night where we were asked to come feed him while he was in the ICU. And um, that's the intensive care unit, sorry. And uh, something happened. We're not really sure what happened, but he stopped breathing. And um, Val and I were actually, Val was actually holding him at the time, my wife, and uh, he turned blue and was stopped breathing. And we were always concerned. And the nurse turned and grabbed him and pressed this button on the wall 
that made an alarm go off, you know, wah, 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 and people came running in from everywhere. A couple of people grabbed us, I don't remember who, and brought us out of the room, and they threw us into the family waiting room. I'm sure this all took a matter of seconds, but it felt like an hour, I'm sure you understand. And they threw us into this waiting room, and we were surrounded by people we don't know. And my wife and I just fell to our knees in fear and despair. And my wife will tell you the same story, and I couldn't remember anything. But in that moment of absolute despair, the only thing that could come out of our mouths was the name of Jesus. And so we just cried out to him as loud as we could. And I think I was shouting in tongues even as well. And I'm sure the families around us were a bit, what's going on? You know, thanks be to God, Caleb's with us now and everything's fine. But what I meant to tell you this for was, you see, when everything was stripped away, when we didn't care who saw us, when we didn't know what was going to happen in the next millisecond, I'm happy that because of the work of Jesus in our life, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, hey, just call upon his name. That's all we could do. And so a lot of us are going through dark times right now, tough times right now. And I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. Now, it may not be as extreme as the story I just told you, but you can call upon the name of Jesus. I do want to provide one word of caution. Please, I remember I told you earlier to not misuse or to do this in the wrong time. In today's environment, especially as many people are suffering with the virus and different things, we must be careful and wise about how we tell people about the name of Jesus and we're using it. You may have seen what I saw and some people breaking the rules of quarantine and isolation and they're saying, well, I'm covered by Jesus, so it's all good. Jesus has got me. There's a truth that Jesus have you covered. But my friends, if you know the story of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not dare the man to throw them in the flames. They didn't say, well, I'll just blow us in flames then, big guy, because we're going to be protected. That's not how it works. Once they had been condemned to burn in the flames, they knew that their God would protect them. There's a difference between being foolhardy and being strong in the Lord. Remember, we know the verse that the Bible tells us the Spirit of God gives us a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline, or self-control. And so there are things that are obvious that we shouldn't, you know, it's like, well, I'm never going to drive with a seatbelt because Jesus is protecting me. It's the same thought. So let's be wise about how we go about in the world and telling people about the name of Jesus. He's here to save our souls, and he's here to save us from our fear and our despair and our doubt. Yes, but there are simple everyday things we can do and not misuse the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. But don't let that stop you from using the name. I do want to hear people talking about that. You know, I want to share with you one last story. I was on a conference call this week for a work issue. It was a HR training seminar, if you were, to help companies and people who deal with HR, uh, how to deal with the fallout from COVID-19. And the first speaker was an, a lawyer who had now who's now working for this company that consults and helps people deal with their HR issues. And he began his speech. And before he started, he said, I know we're all under a dark cloud right now. And I know that none of us know what's going to happen next. And I wish I could have had audio because I was thinking, what, what is going on? Who is this guy? I'm, what dark cloud am I under? Don't put this on me. 
Don't tell me I don't know what's coming, Les, because brother, I got Jesus. I don't need to worry about it. But you see, I understand that a lot of people are feeling like that. So I encourage you to live in a way saying, hey, I got Jesus. There might be things going on. I might feel even the dark cloud at times, but I can call upon the name of Jesus. Amen? I really encourage you today. There is power. There is healing. There is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And so if you have any need this morning, just call upon his name. I would like to do something a little different as I close. It may have been a little long, and I apologize for that. But I want to close with a poem uh, that I hope encourages you. I think it fits in with uh, what we've talked about today. So here it is. Jesus is his name. Just a name like many others. In fact, we've all got names, haven't we? Fine names like George and James and Sally. But the good book tells us there's more to know. Oh, there's something lovely about his name. I can't exactly say, but I know what's there because my soul tells me so. And I know it may seem like an odd thing to claim, and so many would say nay, but I know it's true because my life has shown me so. And my friend, you can know his name too, the name that makes blind men see and the lame to walk. Yes, your new life can start today. Yes, I know it can, because Jesus told us so. And soon you'll see, when you call upon his name, he's always there, come what may. And you too will say, I know it's true, because you'll feel it too. God bless you all, and I can't wait to see you all again. Bye-bye. Oh
face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn 